For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday morning, early Friday morning, recording this late. Uh, I was on with Matt Moore and good friend TJ McBride on the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Had a good time with that one. Those guys are awesome. Make sure to go check that one out. This was a really good win for Denver. This was a really, really, really impressive win for the Nuggets. Second night of a back-to-back. Everybody's tired. Everybody's exhausted. You're missing your three leading ball handlers. And you still managed to pull out a win, not because of the brilliance of Nikola Jokic, not because of the brilliance of Michael Porter Jr., but because everybody else stepped up tonight. And you continue to find new ways to flex your new identity as a Nuggets roster. And that is defense. That is a really, really important factor here. This team is finding different ways to win. It's not always the same. It's not always perfect, but they do manage it. And they are now 14-3 and in their last 17. They've done a great job of staying the course. And against the Toronto Raptors tonight, where the Nuggets, I think they won 121-111. The game wasn't really that close. Denver blitzed Toronto in that fourth quarter. It was very, very, very impressive. Let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about what they did. It's got to start with the bench unit in that fourth quarter. Denver starts that fourth quarter. Uh, Let's just work backwards from here. They won that fourth quarter by eight, which means they were only up two. Basically, at the beginning of that, they do pretty well. Uh... The Raptors go back and forth with Denver. Then there's one play at the beginning of the fourth where Paul Millsap is going into the post, gets the ball blocked by his counterpart, Freddie Gillespie. Um, I believe that's his name. And Freddie Gillespie does what you should not do to Paul Millsap, and that is talk to him and trash talk him. As anybody, including Marcus Morris, knows, you probably shouldn't trash talk Paul Millsap because he has a mean streak once he gets going. And Millsap was just mean to Freddie Gillespie and the Toronto Raptors towards the end of that. In that fourth quarter, Denver's defense absolutely locked up the Toronto Raptors. There was a long time before the Raptors even scored. It was, I think, a 13-0 run, 15-0 run for Denver at the beginning of that fourth. And it lost the Raptors the game. And it was all because of the defense at the beginning with that unit of P.J. Dozier, Austin Rivers, Michael Porter Jr., who we'll get to, Jermichael Green, and Paul Millsap. I didn't expect to see Paul Millsap tonight. I thought this was going to be a Jermichael, uh, a JaVale McGee night, 
because Denver had played on the front end of a back-to-back yesterday. And when they did that, uh, usually Paul Millsap takes the second night off. That didn't happen tonight. Instead, in the second quarter, uh, or late first, and then most of the second, Paul Millsap was out there doing a good job. Um, I thought this was a really, really good game from him. And I wonder if Michael Malone just kind of felt the pulse of the team and said, look, Paul Millsap's playing really well. We should keep him out there. Toronto, they don't have a true center, so it's not like JaVale McGee needs to be out there. Denver, they kind of needed a little bit more spacing when you put JaVale McGee there. It's a different kind of spacing for what Denver has. But when they have guys like P.J. Dozier, Austin Rivers, Michael Porter, they're not running a traditional pick and roll a lot of the time. They're running some post actions. They're running some cuts. They're running some uh, just off-screen stuff and some isolation stuff. And that's not necessarily why JaVale McGee's out there. He's there to run traditional pick and roll. Well, if Faku's not going to be out there, if uh, if it's just uh, P.J. Dozier and Austin Rivers, then you're probably better off just spacing the floor and going five out, which is what Denver did, and they did it really well. But that entire unit, Paul Millsap kind of anchoring things, Jamichael Green. Jamichael Green was really bad in the first and second quarter. Made some pretty bad decisions, wasn't great with the ball. Uh, he's, he's a guy who was running pretty cold. And then coming out of halftime, uh, in that second half, he just looked like a completely different player. Just completely turned up. Did a nice job against his matchup, whether it was Stanley Johnson or Freddie Gillespie or uh, Rodney Hood at times. He defended Rodney Hood really well, DeAndre Bembry. And then when Pascal Siakam and Oji Ananobi came back out there, he did a really, really great job. And got to give him credit because Denver... They needed that. They needed it really badly. And they got the energy from the bench that they needed. Jermichael Green goes 15 points, 6 of 9 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block, plus 19. Paul Millsap, I thought this was his best game of the year. 8 points, 7 rebounds, including 3 offensive, 3 of 6 from the field, didn't take a 3, didn't need to. Seven rebounds, three assists, one steal, plus 23. I thought his defense was great. I thought his offense and moving the ball was really great. There were a couple times where he got blocked at the rim, but it happens. Like it's uh, he, He's not going to be 100%, and nobody expects him to be 100%. I thought that he did a really good job of taking that burden on his shoulders, especially when they needed somebody to kind of be a focal point other than Michael Porter. And he did that really, really well. Denver's going to be in the situation where they have to rely on different players at different times. It's not a, it's not a perfect hierarchy where you know, okay, now you've got Nikola Jokic and then Jamal Murray and then Michael Porter and then Will Barton and then Aaron Gordon. And then you can get to the bench with Monte Morris, PJ Dozier, Faku, guys like that. Denver's kind of in that situation where they're they're looking for anybody and everywhere to contribute in a positive way. And they've found a formula here with this bench unit. Shaq Harrison's also a part of this, but P.J. Dozier was out there this time. Where you just blitz everybody, and you do as much as you can to get in passing lanes, to deflect the ball, to poke and prod, and 
uh, play solid defense and rotate over. Michael Porter had three blocks tonight. Denver as a team had seven. There's a lot of really, really good defense played. And I think it really stands to reason that Denver, despite the Raptors shooting 16 of 32 from three, they turned the ball over 15 times, the Raptors did, only grabbed seven offensive rebounds, uh, shot 48% from the field, which is lower than their than their three-point percentage. Denver played some really, really great and really, really timely defense in a game where it was even going into the fourth, and they needed a burst, and they got it. It's exactly what you want. Austin Rivers goes 4 of 9 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. He was signed for the rest of the season, and I thought that this was a really good performance from him. 11 points, 2 assists, 2 steals. Some really intense defense from him. Some really great effort. And that's exactly what you want from somebody like that, who when they're trying to come in and earn a spot, he wants to keep playing even when guys come back, and he's earning it. Like, he's earning an opportunity. But so is Shaq Harrison, who, I gotta be honest, 11 points, 5 rebounds, an assist to steal a block. Did not expect that from Shaq Harrison. He even shot and hit a 3. 4 of 6 from the free throw line tonight. Very aggressive, looking for his own opportunities. And when you're playing with confidence, and when the team is just trying to enable you and give you opportunities, that's going to mean good things as long as you have the talent to make it happen. And Shaq Harrison's in the NBA. Like, he knows that he can do this stuff. And it's really, really important that Denver was able to go out there and give him an opportunity to show it. Loved what I saw from that group tonight. Uh, It's okay that they didn't have JaVale McGee. This wasn't a JaVale McGee game. I think that... Actually, I don't know if tomorrow's going to be a... Or uh, Saturday will be a JaVale McGee game. It might. I don't think it will. I think the last time Denver played, they played uh, Millsap and Green. They'll probably try and go to that again. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't, though. It wouldn't surprise me if if Ivisa Zubac is playing in the, the second and fourth quarter. Then maybe they decide to go a different route. But we'll see what happens. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this continues to evolve. Denver's had a lot of guys just come to life with their bench unit. They've made it work. And that is all you can really ask for. 27 minutes from Rivers, 21 from Green, 17 from Millsap, 18 from Shaq Harrison. Very, very important performance from those guys tonight because Nikola Jokic only played 28 minutes. Michael Porter played 35, and we're going to talk about him. We'll talk about him in the second segment. I think he had some important things that he did. But before we get to that, horse racing fans, it's almost time post time for Kentucky. The horses and jockeys are making their way to one of the most iconic racing tracks in the world for this weekend's premier race. Celebrate race day with big hats and even bigger stacks of cash by joining DraftKings free to play pool for your for your shot at $100,000 in prizes. Grab your hats, mint juleps and head to the app store now. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to play. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is enter the pool and answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen this Saturday in Kentucky. Track your results throughout race day. 
Questions will range from who will be crowned the winner, what the winning time will be, and so much more. DraftKings, it's safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds, your money, at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS to earn free horse racing pool with $100,000 in prizes up for grabs. That's promo code MHS to get a free shot at $100,000 in prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Back, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Friday because this is a uh, this was a good day for Nuggets. Uh, they uh, they did a really nice job of just winning the games that they had to win over the course of these past few weeks. They didn't have to win the Golden State games. They didn't have to win the Boston game, but they won everything else. It's really hard to complain with where this team is at right now, despite the fact that they're injured half to hell. Um. Let's talk about Michael Porter, who I thought had a a really interesting up-and-down game tonight. The Raptors, they made it a big priority against him that they were going to do what they could to stop him. Uh, The Raptors, they basically started this game with uh, Kem Birch guarding Aaron Gordon, Pascal Siakam guarding Michael Porter, and OG Ananobi guarding Nikola Jokic. And when they got cross-matched, or when he went to the post, Nikola Jokic, they would double him. They they did it relentlessly. They did not let him get his own individual opportunities if they could help it. And so that has caused some interesting quirks, I think, in Denver's offense. They've had to find different ways. They Nikola Jokic only had two assists tonight because the Raptors did a really good job of doubling and then recovering. Also, Denver didn't hit their shots when Jokic did pass guys open. There were some hockey assists in there as well. But Denver shot pretty poorly from three, outside of two of three from Jokic, outside of three of eight from Michael Porter. Uh, P.J. Doja goes one of six. Faku goes 0 of one. Aaron Gordon goes 0 of two. Those are the guys that you need to hit those shots, and so that's one of the reasons why Jokic's assist total was pretty low. Michael Porter... The game plan against him from the Raptors' perspective was to be as physical as they could be without fouling. And they did a pretty good job of that. Uh, through the first early portions of this game and, and then into the second half, Michael Porter was struggling. And he was doing it on both ends. Has enough talent where he can still get off some shots, where he can still make some really, really impressive plays. But it wasn't perfect. And there was a spat between Malone and MPJ at the end of the first half where Malone basically benched MPJ for defensive performance and giving up certain plays defensively that he was just wasn't going to have. Michael Porter goes right back at him. And they argue for a little bit, and, and it was pretty high-headed. I'm sure they worked it out at halftime because when they came out, Michael Porter played a lot better defense, was a lot better in the second half, and that's a very important factor in this, that when he is struggling and Michael Malone calls him on it, 
Michael Porter can get as mad as he wants, but he'll only have a leg to stand on there if he comes back and plays with great effort and plays with great excellence and does the right things. And to his credit, he did. That was really important. He was also very important in just making as many shots as he could. This team needed him to take shots. Only went 8 of 19 tonight. Got to the got to the free throw line four times, but I thought he did a pretty decent job of taking what the defense gave him and doing what he could with it. Still had three turnovers. Uh, only had one assist, but he took shots. He drove to the rim sometimes. He took the pull-up sometimes. Took the three sometimes. And I thought he did a reasonable job with it. 23 points on 19 shots isn't the best efficiency, but it's good enough. 3 of 8 from 3, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, did have 3 blocks, and he was attacked in the 4th quarter a lot. The Raptors, they wanted to isolate him in a lot of cases. Malachi Flynn switched onto him in the first half, drained a 3 against him, or no, that was against Jokic, uh, went to the rack and, and got a layup against Porter. Porter does a much better job in the second half and in the fourth quarter, getting switched on to Malachi Flynn and, and responds in a healthy way. And he contested his shot well. OG Ananobi, he had his way with Porter in the first half. Second half, OG Ananobi basically can't make anything inside. Goes 8 of 21 from the field. Let's not forget that the Raptors are a really good defensive team. And that they have the athleticism and the strength. Siakam, Ananobi, uh, Stanley Johnson on the bench, Rodney Hood, DeAndre Bembry. They have a lot of talented physical players who are really good and smart defensively. Not to mention Kyle Lowry, of course. That when Porter's going up against them, there's not a weak matchup there. So he had to fight for everything he got. And I thought this, this performance was pretty reminiscent, I think, of early career Jamal Murray. And even sometimes like earlier this year, last year, where he still struggles to have to get to his spots, but is talented enough to make enough of those shots count and help get Denver the win. This is a growth performance for him for sure. And he talked about his relationship with Michael Malone sort of after that spat. He says, we've definitely grown in our relationship. And I believe him with that. I've asked Michael Malone about this in the past where he kind of had to sit back and basically uh, basically just reminisce on where Porter had come from and how much he's grown. This has been some good growth and maturity for Porter over this time. He has taken a, on a new role, and he is flourishing in it. There are some pitfalls still that he has to avoid, but if he can continue to do that and approach everything from a healthy situation, I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be just fine. Let's talk Nikola Jokic. Uh, just his stats, they're, they're sort of underwhelming, and that's fine. 19 points on 13 shots, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, uh, 1 turnover. Was a minus 4 in this game. Uh, outside of anybody that played garbage time, he had the lowest plus minus on the Nuggets. And I thought that was because the Raptors had a really good game plan against him. Uh, they have a really good game plan against Joel Embiid as well, despite the fact that um, 
despite the fact that they don't have like a traditional center that could compete with them that well. Jokic would have taken apart Kem Birch if given the opportunity. He would have taken apart Pascal Siakam or Ochi Ananobi if given the opportunity. They doubled the shit out of him, and he passed the ball and did what he could to generate open shots for his teammates, and a lot of times those shots were missed. And it is what it is, sometimes it just works like that. Austin Rivers, he needs to make more shots. That's something that probably needs to happen. But, and P.J. Dozier too, by the way, who's uh, very cold of late. But still, I think that Denver's in a good spot where even when they didn't get those outside shots, they still won this game and they won it with defense and they still scored 121 points because they're cutting their ability to gain points in transition. They got to the free throw line. And their interior scoring is still really, really good. So, a lot of good stuff there. A lot to talk about. A lot to think about. Uh, Faku Compazzo, last one I'll talk about individually. Um, Faku, 12 points, 4 assists, 3 of 5 from the field, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. He led, I think, all parties going to the free throw line. Got fouled on a 3. Got fouled on multiple times just going to the basket. Very important aggressiveness from him. Well, a net a net neutral in the plus-minus department. But I didn't think it was because of him. Thought he did a really nice job of pushing the tempo. Picking his spots really well. And then the play that he made against Malachi Flynn in the fourth quarter. Where Malachi Flynn is isolating against him in the deep corner. Uh, Faku pokes the... Like he smacks the ball out of his hands right before Malachi Flynn's about to shoot it. Grabs the ball... Malachi Flynn knocks it out of his hands. Then Faku throws the ball out of Malachi Flynn, off of Malachi Flynn, out of bounds. Just so disrespectful and so mean and so dispirited. And it was awesome. It was great. Faku has, he's, he's doing a great job of winning me over. There are things that I think he's going to struggle with once teams sit down and game plan for him. However, let's just enjoy the ride while we have it. I'm looking forward to seeing how he can handle this next stretch of competition. Because if, it, if he can handle this stretch, then that will be really important in kind of establishing what he can do in a playoff series, which is a conversation I'm looking forward to. And we're going to talk about the playoffs next, because not too much to talk about with this game. The, the bench was just awesome. They were great. And I think I, I gave proper credit to Paul Millsap, to Michael Green, guys like that. And the defense was just great. So it is what it is. That's That's all there really is to it. So we're, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about the playoffs after the break. All right, big picture time. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could leave a rating, review, subscribe if you can, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for all the support. All right, let's talk playoff opponents. This is something that I think Nuggets fans should really try to get into their head because just looking at the standings right now, it's pretty clear who Denver is going to face. Denver's in the four seed. They're currently a half game behind the Clippers. 
Clippers are 43 and 21. Nuggets are 42 and 21. Nuggets and Clippers happen to play on Saturday. That's something we're going to talk about. I think uh I think I will podcast about that game tomorrow. We're going to find a way. We're going to talk about it for sure. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have a, a conversation with somebody. But I'm looking forward to that for sure. That's going to be a really important matchup for sort of determining who Denver is going to face, whether they can get into the three or whether they're going to stay at four. I think four is now their floor. They now have six more wins than the Lakers and five less, uh, five fewer losses. That's the more important column, of course, but the Lakers have 10 more games. So if they go 10-0, and 0, that would mean a loss to, for the Nuggets uh, against the Lakers. That means that they would be a 46 wins. Denver would then have, I think, eight more opportunities, because if you include a loss there, eight more opportunities to get five more wins. So that means that Denver's magic number against the Lakers, if they if they lose that game against the Lakers, is still five. If they win that game against the Lakers, it's four. So we're going to see how that goes, and I'm looking forward to seeing whether they can make that work. But that is going to be fascinating. If Denver gets five more wins or combined with Lakers' losses, they're going to be a top-four seed in the playoffs, which is pretty impressive in this Western Conference. Like, it's just a different beast than what the what the East has to do. But that probably means in a 4-5 that Denver's probably going to face the Lakers. Unless the Mavericks pass them. And that's really the only scenario I see. The Mavericks, they have a very easy schedule. They do struggle against the easy teams, but... Something to be said that if you're if you're a team like the Mavericks that has their back against the wall, the Nuggets had their back against the wall in the 17-18 season, and they were able to make it work. That was actually right around the same time in Nikola Jokic's career, where they just were in the 17-18 season, that was his third season, Luka Doncic in his third season. If they win out, or they do pretty well, to pass the Lakers, it wouldn't surprise me. Just taking care of business. They got a win tonight. It was very important. It kept them within one game of the Lakers. And they have the tiebreaker. The, the Mavericks have the tiebreaker over the Lakers. So it is very possible that the Nuggets could face the Lakers or the Mavericks in a playoff series. I think it's probably 50-50 at this point. Depending on what Denver does to move up to three, depending on what the Lakers and Mavericks do at 5-6. and six. I'm writing off the Portland Trailblazers, and maybe that's wrong, but I'm writing them off. Here's their schedule over the next uh, few weeks. They play Brooklyn on Friday night at Brooklyn. They play at Boston, at Atlanta, at Cleveland. That's probably a win. Home against the Lakers. Home on a back-to-back against the Spurs. Rockets. That's a win at Utah, at Phoenix on a back-to-back, and then final game of the season against Denver. Denver might be resting for that game. It wouldn't surprise me if they were. So if that's the case, then Portland is probably going to bank a win there as well. But that's still a pretty tough schedule. If they go 5-5 there, 
which I think is very possible. Would not surprise me in the slightest. All Dallas has to go, do is go 5-5 five and five themselves. They're going to go higher than that. They play Washington, Sacramento, at Miami, Brooklyn, Cleveland twice, Memphis, New Orleans, Toronto, at Minnesota. They're going to have more opportunities to win, I think. And Luka's good enough that he can do that. So, we'll see. We'll see whether the Lakers drop. But if you're the Nuggets, if you're if you're a Nuggets fan, first and foremost, I think you have to start talking about this now. Would you rather face the Lakers in the first round with a higher chance of losing, but just face them and get it out of the way, given that Jamal Murray is out? Or would you rather try to get the best possible path to go the furthest that you can, despite the fact that Murray being out is probably going to bite you later in the playoffs? Western Conference semifinals, Western Conference finals, if you happen to make it that far. I think if you're Denver, you want to continue to push yourself and see how far you can go. I don't think they're pressed if they meet the Lakers in the playoffs. That's not something that I think they're going to stress about because without Jamal, like it would have been very hard anyway. So you might as well play the team that you got Aaron Gordon for. You can see just how you match up with them and then try to gear up for a run next year. For now, though, I would rather play Dallas. I would rather try to go at Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, Maxi Kleba, guys like that, I'd feel better about that matchup personally. Well, Josh Richardson is also there too. I would feel better about that matchup than the Lakers, of course. And then if Utah is the one seed, still feel, still feel pretty decent about that matchup too. Because if you've got Monte Morris and Will Barton back, and then you've got your defensive guards behind them, and you've got Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon who can now switch and do a lot better defensively than they, or Michael Porter can certainly do better defensively than he did. Nikola Jokic is a better defender than he was. Aaron Gordon's a better defender than Jeremy Grant. Like, I think if you're Denver, you feel pretty decent in that matchup. And then you get to the Western Conference Finals, if you happen to make it that far. The good thing is, is that if you play Dallas in the first round, that means that you've got Clippers-Lakers in the 3-6 matchup in the first round as well. And if you're the Clippers, you're probably hating that. You're probably thinking, oh crap, we weren't supposed to have this happen. This is something that we thought we thought Denver and the Lakers were going to play. Well, maybe the Clippers take off the Lakers. Maybe they take down the Lakers. Maybe they beat their demons. They take down the Lakers in the first round. Because LeBron isn't all the way back. Anthony Davis isn't all the way back. And the Clippers, they move on to the second round. They face the Phoenix Suns. And whoever wins between that then has to face a Denver squad that would have the best player in a playoff series. Because we already saw what Nikola Jokic could do against the, against the Clippers. And we know what Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon can now do against the Clippers. And how switchable Denver is. They could do it. Like, I'm talking myself into it, despite how hard it is. 
despite how difficult it is. I can talk myself into a path where Denver makes the finals, even without Jamal Murray. And I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. You guys heard me. I was distraught for more reasons than just Denver losing, but like for those reasons too. Like this was a season that I thought Denver just lost. Like, like it's done. Finito. I don't know if that's the case anymore because what Michael Porter has done over these past several games has just been so impressive. And teams are going to attack him in the playoffs. Teams are going to make him prove it. They're going to figure that out. But Denver's probably going to have Monte Morris and Will Barton back at some point. I don't think those guys are going to be out forever. They'll be back at some point and help Denver navigate this. And once that's the case, then Denver has some spacing around Nicole Jokic and Michael Porter. They're going to be underdogs. No matter who they face off against. Except if it's if it's Dallas, if it's the Blazers in the first round. Which I don't think is going to happen, of course. But if it's Dallas in the first round, Denver might be a slight favorite. It wouldn't surprise me. Especially if Nikola Jokic coming off of an MVP. Like, I, I can definitely see him going up against Kristaps Porzingis, Maxi Kleba, Dwight, Dwight Powell, guys like that. And doing pretty well. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Other than that, Denver's going to be an underdog. So, you got to take what you can get. And if that means manipulating the standings, kind of gaming things, and doing it so that you have the best possible situation where you can win, do it. Who cares? Who cares if you're if you're doing some shenanigans on the last day? Everybody does it. The league is going to do what they can to put the Lakers and the Clippers on opposite sides of the bracket so that they face off in the Western Conference Finals in the Battle of L.A. I don't care for that. I think Denver should do what they can to put those teams in the same bracket and stick it to the league. Make them face in the first round. And let's see if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can, uh, can live up to their billing of what they've done this year. Because if they can... I could see Denver having a path to make the Western Conference Finals or even the NBA Finals. That would be impressive. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I will be back tomorrow. We're going to talk and probably preview this Clippers game, talk just uh, about how this is going to go, what we can expect without Jamal Murray, without Monte Morris, without Will Barton and just see how high Michael Porter Jr. can get because his star is continuing to rise despite the fact that he's had some down games. Like, this was a down game for him. 23-7 and seven on 19 shots. Three blocks. Oh, no! Whatever shall we do? That's how talented he is. That's how well-off the Nuggets are now because they got this guy for the 14th pick in a year where people were scared to take him. Denver was not... They took a chance and they paid it off. That is going to do it. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.